0: Go ahead. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. Can you all rise to your feet if you would, please? I know you just sat down, but I want to do something only because uh, Jesus was teaching his disciples about the Lord's Prayer. So this isn't normal practice in our church But I thought I would would start off today's message with our Lord's Prayer So let's say this together if you'll follow with me on the screen Our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Today the Lord has kind of impressed upon my heart to start the surface off with His kingdom come, His will be done. And today's message title is called Proper Prayer, Proper Power, Proper Healing in Jesus' name. For some of you, maybe you came back because you thought you were going to hear a message of part three on emotional wounds or just letting them go. But today, I've changed it up. Because the Lord didn't give me peace in regard to that message about David and Bathsheba. So I'm up here to deliver a message today that isn't about me, that it's about him. And I want, if you will please, turn in your Bible to John chapter 14 verses 1 through 3. We'll be reading John chapter 14. I'm sorry. It will be verse 13. We'll read together. And it says this, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Let's read that again together. John chapter 14, verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the the son it is normal for us to conclude our prayers with in Jesus name and yet for many of us when we conclude our prayers that way we just canceled out our request because it was forgery you're thinking where are you going with this pastor You've taught us to pray this way I'm going to take you down a road of theology that hopefully by the end of this service You will have not just some potatoes and some salad and appetizer I hope you'll have meat in regard to the word So I want you to follow with me closely today and I will do this as quickly as possible But today I feel very very convicted to preach on this message in regard to proper prayer proper power proper healing in Jesus name. And how does that look like for us? You see, when I said we just canceled out our request because it was forgery, it was an illegitimate use of his name, yet it is the most important phrase in all of prayer. And when you conclude your prayer in Jesus name, Name, it determines whether you get what you ask for or whether you don't get what you ask for. Jesus makes an outstanding statement. He says this When you ask for anything in my name, you will receive it. Yet we can all testify that we've used the name and not got what we've asked for. Amen? We've been there. Well, what I want us to look at today is whether we've been using it legally or we've been using it illegally. Because the use of the name and its legitimacy or lack thereof will determine whether we get what we pray for or if we pray at all. So... This morning I want to look at three things because if you grab what I share with you today, you will see prayers answered like you've never seen them before. You'll see the kingdom authority leave eternity and come into time, leave heaven and come down to earth, leave the infinite and join the finite because we will have made contact with eternity. Now, the first thing we've got to answer is, what is this concept? What is this principle of in my name? What does that even mean? To understand that, we have to understand just a little bit of theology here. God has already determined that what he does in history on earth, where you and I live, he will do means of Jesus Christ. Now, follow me. So in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says there, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There is one mediator, one in-between person between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 says this, But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Jesus ever lives to be the intercession, the interconnection point between us and God. And the Bible says he mediates or brings to bear the promises of God. So in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, it says this, "...but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, and as much as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises." So the word of God, the ways of God are mediated or transferred by and through the person of Jesus Christ. When we talk about his name, we're not talking about his nomenclature alone. We're talking about what? We're talking about the person who stands behind the name. So when you talk about in the name of Jesus, you need to know the Jesus who the name you just used it can't just be the word; it has to be the authorized use of the person whose name you just called. Amen. Amen. Are you following me? Or let me continue. In other words, just because you authorize, don't mean you can do your thing. Watch. I've authorized you to do my thing for my good on my behalf. So you bet you best. Get my okay. So he says, if you go out there on your own, he says, I can go ahead and I'll find another power of attorney. What he was saying is, I will give you authority as long as I'm authorizing how you're using it. Because the moment you use it in an unauthorized way, you lose my backing and the authorization I put on loan to you. So when you pray the Father without the backing of the Son, you don't get the support of the Son in the request you made to the Father. This is deep, isn't it? Now I'm teaching you something because I think this is something that has been brought to my attention probably more lately than it has been in the 25 years of pastoring and ministry. So I want us to understand by the end of this morning the powerful Name and the character of Jesus Christ. But this morning, let me just stop and give you the good news. The good news is that God the Father never turns down God the Son. There's only one time when God the Father turned down God the Son, and you know what I'm leading up to? And that's when He bore our sins where? On the... On the cross. And what did he say? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. God turned down the sun because he was bearing our sin. And that was the only time that that has happened. That is the only time it ever could happen again. It can never happen again. God never turns down Jesus. So here's the deal. Let me, sh- let me express this, explain this to you. You want to make sure what you're praying for, Jesus is praying for. Because if what you're praying for is what Jesus is praying for, since the Father never turns down the Son, now follow me, then what you are praying for that Jesus is praying for, that the Father always accepts, becomes an answered prayer for you. So, you've got to have a link between your prayer, his name, and the request you make to the Father. So, the question on the floor is this it's not whether you're using the nomenclature, but whether you're using it in an authorized way. Because an unauthorized use of his name means a meaningless prayer or request. Because the Father loves the Son. And what? He responds to the Son. Then He responds to us, who's responded to the Son, who the Father responds to. So, He makes the statement that to use the name, you must use it in its authorized way. Interesting, isn't it? I've watched people pray. And I think for many of us Christians, we use the name of Jesus very flippantly. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something special about that name. No, there's something powerful about the name of Jesus Christ. And once we learn and embrace the power of that, we start to realize the power of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm going right into the Trinity. And so today... Kind of looking at uh, a little bit of doctrine of new hope. I want you to see that number two, what are the prerequisites for me being able to use the name legitimately and with kingdom authority so that I can get heaven to come down into my history and to blow my mind, to answer my prayers, and to respond to my request? And you know what it is? And it comes up on the screen God's total surrender There it is God demands total surrender. Do you believe that? So if God demands total surrender, what does that look like for you? It looks like for you that you must get to the end of yourself to get to the beginning of God What is total surrender? Think about this. We're here today Because we've surrendered to time We've said, I'm going to come to church because I love Christ. And and this is my outward, you know, uh, presentation before so many of my inward uh, meditation. I just made that up. It's nowhere in there. It's just the the outward confession of the inward profession. All that other good stuff that, you know, we fancy pastors use. But reality is, we're here to say we are surrendered to love Christ more. And to fall in love with Him more. Romans chapter 14 verses 8 says this and 9. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are what? We are what? So watch this. So then in verse 9 it says this. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again. That He might be the Lord of both the dead and the? Jesus lived and Jesus died to control all of your lives. And that is total surrender. It is submission to his what? To his lordship. It's understanding our role as Christians on this journey in this life here on this side of the kingdom here on earth. So in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, it says this, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Lord means you are now my master. So now we're acknowledging our role, we're acknowledging his role, and it says I am now your servant and I am now your slave. And it is the absence of lordship that keeps prayers unanswered. It is the absence of his comprehensive rule because God knows that we're going to pick and choose what we like. Hmm. Very American-like. Pick and choose what we want so he doesn't have total control. He has some commitment, some times. And he wants absolute, complete surrender. And find it sad, even even for me, because I I, I don't know where you're at in your life, or what your journey's like, but isn't it hard to have full surrender? Make me mad, and I will prove I can be more mad. You think you're angry? I'll make you look like you are happy. See, we want that control. We need that power. You know, we, we have that vengeful, vindictive personality. I've preached here before, safe boundaries. What do safe boundaries look like? People said, you've got to accept everybody all the time. You don't have to accept everybody all the time. And I think I'm going down a rabbit hole. Here I go. I'm chasing it. Reality is this. I have safe boundaries because I know who I can be in Todd, but I don't know who I can be in God. And if you're volatile to me, I have a choice to then put up a wall. I have a choice to close that door. I have a choice to make decisions. Rather, you're going to pour into my life and influence my life in a negative way. I already have enough that I'm dealing with. There's so much junk in my trunk that, you know what, I'm just a sinner saved by God's grace. But I know that there is power and deliverance in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we've got to practice that in our life. We've got to understand that we have to give full and total surrender. And he demands that from us. He demands complete surrender from us. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Really? When was the last time you freely gave up something that you loved for him? When was the last time you gave up some sleep and jumped and catapulted out of bed to say, I can't wait till I get downstairs and I'm going to open up the word of God. I'm going to hit the carpet on my face. I'm going to pray. Oh, but before you even do that, Satan's telling you how important your sleep is. Then he's also calling you a hypocrite. Then he's also saying all kinds of things to you because you see the enemy doesn't want you effective and successful and surrendered for him. For Christ. So we look at Colossians chapter 3 and find something very interesting. Beginning in verse 17, listen to these words. And whatever you do in word or deed or do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him, whatever you do, however it looks, do it for Him. Let me read that again. Whatever you do in word, what you say or deed, what you do, because we always are saying or doing something, right? It says to do all. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. So in the name of the Lord Jesus. When you decide my whole life is owned by him. So we were looking at where is our role? Is he lordship over our life? Let me quote another verse. You won't like it, but I need to quote it. It's found in first Corinthians chapter six. We'll bring it up on the screen. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? Because it says here for you were bought at a price. Therefore, what? therefore, 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 God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You don't get to own you once you become a Christian. You don't get to own you. He says you are not your own. I bought and paid for you with the blood on the cross. So don't say what you're going to do when I say something different. Because you don't own you. If you are willing to give up ownership in your life, listen. Now you can have access and kingdom authority in prayer. Pastor, I need you to repeat that one more time. My eyes just rolled in the back of my head. Okay. If you are willing to give up ownership of your life, now you can have access and kingdom authority in prayer. You can see God move, but, the go, but this goes on and then he breaks it down. So you're not thinking about the church. I love what it says in Colossians chapter 3. In verse 18 it says that wives, be kind to your husbands. But it also says husbands, be the kind of husband I want you to be because I'm your Lord. Then it says, children, be the kind of child I want you to be because, in verse 20, it says, because I'm your Lord. He goes to 21 in Colossians chapter 3. Fathers, be the kind of father I want you to be because I'm your Lord. Then he goes into the workplace. And I know I I didn't give this to you, Jay. It's okay. But now he goes right into the workplace. And here's what he says. Servants, when you go to work tomorrow, be the kind of worker I want you to be because what? I'm your Lord. That's our, You know, I, I, teach, uh, I teach our team with a cleaning company. Remember this, that if you're doing things under Christ, understanding his lordship, then you'll understand what your role is. Listen, you understand cleaning is crazy. Cleaning is not, we own a janitorial custodial company. It isn't glorious. How many times a day can you wipe up a toilet ring? Because the next guy comes in and he goes potty, and when he goes poo poo and pee pee, he doesn't flush the toilet, and we have to go in there. And then when we go in there and we see that, we want to kick the toilet. We want to do all kinds of things to that toilet because we're sick and tired of seeing the poo poo and the pee pee in there. I didn't even know that was in my message today the poo poo and the pee pee. So then we lose our perspective. And then we say, I'm sick and tired of risking rabbits, risk rabbits, risk rabbits, risk I'm risk rabbits. And then you know what we say? I'll show them. I'm not going to flush that toilet. And you walk right out. But then we have to remind ourselves, whose servant are we? Who are we surrendered to? And so if he said, if you're a servant to your wife, if you're a servant to your husband, if you're a servant to your kid kids, if you're a servant in the workplace, he says, we need to understand our role that he is Lord overall. Understand his lordship. And once we understand his lordship, then we'll go in there and be like, thank you, there's poo-poo and pee-pee in the toilet. Woo! I tell them all the time, be thankful, Trish. Aren't you happy? I'll never clean a toilet the same. I know. So this week, I want you to go in tomorrow. There are in Medina. I want you to go, and there's poo-poo and pee-pee in the toilet. <laughs> know who you're serving. Listen. He says, if you've done it unto me, you've done it unto the least of these. So we have to understand his lordship. You know, my kids work for me too. Trish, clean. We, you know, we, we, we all love cleaning. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a nationwide thing here at New Hope. Do you need a job? Would you like to clean a toilet with? No. Who just said that? Somebody followed me. I did. They, who, who just said, I did? Okay. Thank you, Paul. And you said, would you like to have a job to do what? Clean up the... <laughs> Thank you. All right. That was only just to kind of get you guys going here this morning. But we understand, we know, what our roles are. And understand that he has to be Lord Overall, and I know I just throw those in there every once in a while, but I tell them all the time There's no way we can get this floor clean. There's no way we can get this carpet clean But you know what my prayer is lord. I know what I'm supposed to do here and it may not even be to clean You all know I'm I am bivocational, but uh, but in our company I always say but god help us to help us to learn to serve people To the best of our capabilities and abilities and to have a sweet spirit Yeah, sometimes it is very hard for me to go in and say, oh, this is great. I've done this 22 times. You know, uh, we had a meeting with with a CEO here just recently, and she's like, is there there any way that you guys can conquer and divide? Listen, nine beautiful floors. Fifty-some toilets. Conquer and divide? Do you understand how boring this job is? Right, Joanne? Facts. The reality is, I said, sometimes we just do it because there are days that we just need to be together so we can encourage one another and edify one another. So let me get back to to this morning's point. We need to understand that what we're doing, who we're doing it for, is for the Lord says in verse 23, Do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance. It is Jesus Christ, the Lord, whom you serve. You don't serve the man. You work for the man, but you serve the Lord. You don't even get to go to work tomorrow morning without Jesus being Lord. He wants to own your home. He wants to own your life, your money, your time, your efforts, your work. You mean to tell me, Pastor, He wants it all? Yes, He wants total ownership. If you want answered prayer, if you want to see heaven, if you want to see kingdom authority manifested in your life, listen, the more you surrender, the more heaven you'll see. You want to get close to Him? That's why the Scripture talks about how much the Father loves the Son. You are so into each other that they never turn each other down because they, so, they're so into each other. He wants us to be into Him like the Father is to the Son. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, it says this. After He was saved, You abide in me, and my word abides in you. Ask me whatever you want, and I will do it for you because we hang out together. Ask whatever you will in my name. So how does this work? So he asked the question, how does this work? It works like this. Whatever the father thinks, the son thinks exactly the same thing. Because they're always on the same page. Whatever the father thinks, the son thinks The Holy Spirit thinks, because he's part of the what? The triune God. So they're always on the same page. Listen, church. The closer you get to the Lord, whatever the Father thinks, whatever the Son thinks, whatever the Spirit thinks, because he renews our minds, we think, so we begin to think what the Spirit thinks. That's exactly what the Son thinks. That's exactly what the Father thinks. So we're thinking in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? So Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters. For you can't have the Lord in anything as a final decision maker. No, everybody has ideas. But only the Lord gets the final decision maker to rule and overrule. He gets to overrule your manhood. Overrule your womanhood. Overrule your marriage. Your singlehood. Overrule Your work, your finances, he gets to overrule your activities, and also he gets to overrule your entertainment. He wants the whole kit and capoodle. He wants everything from you. That is, if you want to see heaven's authority on earth, it's not enough to just believe in God. That's not good enough when it comes to having God move on earth. Because he moves on earth through his son, Jesus Christ. I need to say something to you today This might come as a surprise So your belief in God and love of God and appreciation of God That's all fine That's all well, that's nice But it's not sufficient for intervention in history Because that comes through Christ If you want intervention in history Then Jesus Christ You must be willing to be identified with him People ought to know that you are a Christian and you ought to be found guilty of all charges. You should not apologize for your faith. Other folks aren't apologizing for their stuff, are they? You should not be apologizing that you are a follower of Jesus the Christ. To call on His name in the day of trouble means you have publicly confessed Him before all men. It's amazing, isn't it? Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, it says, If you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says this, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in verse 10, it says this, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That is open declaration that I'm a committed Christian. I belong to Jesus Christ. Open declaration, not hidden. Because he says, those who call on me, those who have confessed, he says, will be delivered. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, he says, I will do it. In other words, anything that's going to make... Me and my father look good. He says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to glorify him. Anything that we do should glorify him. And if you're going to make me, if you're going to make the father look good by your prayer request, get away from me. Get behind me. <laughs> Satan. you got to understand, you've got to make the father look good by your prayer request. So this morning, I'm going to give you a secret. To give you a secret, this is a secret. And when you go to God, and you're fully surrendered, and you go to Him in the name of Jesus. Now listen, don't tell anybody I told you this. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell God, if He answers your request, what He'll get out of it. Could God? Because God, listen, God loves to hear His glory on display. He loves to know He'll be glorified in the process. His name will be great. When, you know what? When we say, "Lord, I'm going to glorify You," I'm going to glorify You through all of the heartache. I'm going to glorify You through all my finances. I'm going to glorify You through. All of the ups and downs of my life. I'm going to glorify you through all my addictions. I'm going to glorify you because he deserves to get the praise. And you see, we miss it in our Christian life by giving him glory, by letting people see, listen, God is good. Last night, uh, the men, we had a great time together as men were sharing their hearts and their testimonies of their life. What I loved about it was that, you know, God received the glory through the deliverance of the men that shared their testimony that was the good news So the good news was that he is glorified through all things So today when I was getting ready when I saw the scar I glorified God When I look at my scar I thank him for what he's put me through Through all the emotions he gets the glory for everything this year, through all the ups and downs, through some of the chaos that was going on, you know, even at the parsonage and, and the remodel. That was total chaos. I don't need to go there. But he gets the glory. Amen? So let me continue because we're, we, we've got some time to get going here. First John says this in chapter 5. So here's what it says in chapter 5, verse 13. Follow with me. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So when you place faith alone in Christ alone, He gives you an inner confidence of your salvation, a conviction that you're His child. But now notice what He says right after verse 14. This is the confidence which we have before Him. So the word confidence, the word know... If we ask anything according to His will, it says that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked from Him. Are you all still with me this morning? There's been a lot going on here. But I want you to understand your role, your position, your relationship with Jesus Christ. God just gave me this thought. I can say that my daughters know me. My son-in-law's know me. And as time goes on, we're going to get to know each other more. So when they bring that request to me as a father, I can say, oh, I knew you were going to say something to me because I already, K-N-O-W, I know you. Right? Isn't that a good relationship? That's the same way when we go to, the heavenly, when we go to our Heavenly Father... We need to know Him as He knows us and our position. So we come to church. We can play church. It could either be a religion or it could be a relationship. But does He know you? Does He experience you? Do you have confidence in Him? Let me say this again. So the word confidence and the word know... If we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask we know that we have the request that we ask from him so you see how many times i've said the word no that is inner persuasion or confidence anybody been waiting for something for a while if you've been waiting for something for a while the first question is are you praying in his name are you surrendered Given that, when there's a gap of time between a legitimate prayer in Jesus' name, the knowing that he's going to answer, but the lapse in time between the answer, it is for one reason and one reason alone. And that is preparation. That is preparation. It changes the perspective, doesn't it? Because I know when I go to God in prayer, my first thing that I want is for God to answer prayer immediately but if I can stop and say he's preparing something greater for me that there's preparation there I know that God is preparing it for me he's preparing it for you he's prepare, preparing you for it or he's preparing the two for each other it is for preparation that he is preparing so God will use whatever time is needed for the preparation to record, for the request to be answered and you to be qualified to receive the request when it comes now listen here is the good news the bad news is that you can delay the time because you can delay the preparation you can decide whether or not if you're going to be surrendered you can decide I'm not going to obey you can decide and you can just spend that time on and on and on so God may have decided it's going to take one year for me to answer this prayer you may be at 25 years because he never got the surrender. So you never got the preparation so he can never answer. Now, don't get mad at me, all right? Just be, have an open heart. Just listen this morning, all right? Then we'll wind things down here. It should have taken Israel about a month, a month and a half to leave Egypt and get to the promised land. They're walking around in circles for 40 years. Because they never accepted the preparation that the wilderness was designed to give them. He says there is a knowing that occurs when we are in framework with God. It's powerful. Now watch this. Physical and spiritual healing. James chapter 5, verses 13 and 15, he says, if you pray in the name of the Lord, the prayer will heal the sick and address the sin. The prayer will heal the sick and address the sin. Now all sickness is not due to sin. Okay, now do you hear me out? But a lot of sicknesses, he says the prayer of faith, he says, in the name of the Lord. So he brings the name in, will heal the sick, and will deal with the sin. What God is saying is if I could ever get to the spiritual, we could do a lot better with the physical. See, most of our prayers, we want God to change stuff in the physical. Give me more money. I need better health. Give me a new car. Give me a new house. Give me clothes. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. No, we want God to do something in the physical. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we often want Him to do stuff in the physical without even touching our spiritual. Don't touch my sin, but give me my blessing. Don't touch my rebellion, but give me my blessing. No, He doesn't mind changing the physical, but He wants to address the spiritual. And that brings me to this story, and then we will conclude. There's nothing wrong with that. But we often want him to do stuff in the physical without touching the spiritual. And that brings us in a monster authority. Kingdom authority. You want to know kingdom authority? Here's the monster. The name of Jesus gives power over the devil because much of what we deal with has come from him and through him and by him. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 and 19, here he's having a conversation with his disciples. And here's what he says. You have authority over the devil in my name. He said you tread among demons. You tread on top of the demons. Instead of the devil and the demons walking on you, you're walking on them. Tread means to do what? To walk on. You get on a treadmill. You're walking. I wish I could do like the moonwalk, but I can't do that. But we know what it's like to get on a treadmill. So we're walking on. When's the last time you walked on the devil? Just, just walked on him. Oh, devil, let me walk on you. Let me keep walking on you, rather than him walking over you. He says, "I give you authority." He used the word authority to tread on the devil and his demonic influences. Why? Because many of the issues we are or we have, are demonically exacerbated. See, we think the problem in the divorce was our personalities. That wasn't the problem. The problem is this, that the devil got a hold of your personalities. And when the demons get a hold of your personalities, your personalities get all amped up. Chapter 19 of Acts I love this. In verses 13 and 17, Paul is casing out demons in Jesus' name. He's just getting rid of demons in Jesus' name. And the sick are being healed. The supernatural is occurring regularly in Jesus' name. Now, for some of you are like, Pastor, this is kind of like, like weirding me out. But if he gave us authority to do that, and he gave his disciples authority to do that, let's not pretend like it doesn't exist. Because it does exist. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the... Okay, Ephesians chapter 6 says this, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the, the, ways of the devil. thank you love, the ways, the schemes, and the scams of the devil. Some people see this and some dudes see this and here's what they say, wait a minute, wait a minute, Paul using this name, Jesus and all the stuff happening, why don't we do that? Now here's this story that we start to see playing out here in chapter 19, and because of time I'm not going to do that. But they concluded that there's magic in his name, there's some magical name here, Paul doing all this stuff in Jesus' name. So they came to this demon-possessed person, the sons of Siva, you could say Sceva, or scava or however you'd like to say it, they came in Jesus person, and they used the name of Jesus. They do like Christians do. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And it says right there that these these Jews were doing this and didn't even understand the significance and the power and authority that was found in the name of Jesus. They went Jesus on him. They went Jesus all over the place. Just come out, demon. Then Acts 19 says the demon spoke up, demon spoke up, and here's what he says. Wait just a minute, Mr. Exorcist. Or Mrs. Exorcist, but in the story it was Mr. Jesus we know. Paul we know. But we don't know who you folks are. Who are you? And here's what it says, now listen closely, because this is why I've led up to this today, because here's what happened, the demon jumped out of the man and jumped into the folks who was using the name of Jesus, stripped them of their clothes, and it says they ran out naked, why? Because when you don't know how to use the name and you still use the name, you just invite the devil to jump all over you and make things worse on you while you call on Jesus' name. So, Jesus' name is not a name to be played with, nor is it dice, is it magic you just throw out there. This is a person behind the name. And if you don't know the person, submitted to the person, Intimate with the person following the person yielding to the person submitted to the person. Don't expect the power from the person That power comes from the person say this with me out loud the power comes from the person comes from who Jesus So I'll say this in closing when you get on your knees to pray when you get on your knees to pray and you go to your heavenly father and say father I want this I need this help me over here or deliver me over there God has a question and here's the question he asks show me show me your ID upon what right and authority do you have right now to come to my throne Where is your ID Oh, and if you understand the name of Jesus, you've got an ID. Just like when it comes time to go to heaven, if Peter would say, on what grounds should I allow you into glory? I hope and I pray that you don't say, oh, because of my good works. And I hope you don't say, oh, because I was a member of New Hope Talmadge. And I hope you don't say, oh, because I was a nice person. Because that will get you booted right out of heaven. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's only one thing that's going to get you into glory. And that is, I have somebody who died on the cross for my sins. Who was my personal substitute. Who I placed my eternal destiny in the hands of for the gift of eternal life. And you see, that's your ID for glory. While you're on your way there. And you go to God for answered prayer. And the Father says, so what's your ID? Is all you've got to tell him. I come in the name of the Lord Jesus, who I have submitted my life, I've submitted my life to. Who rules over my life who controls my life, who I'm not ashamed to be identified with, or as the words of the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Anybody wants some power? Anybody wants some victory? Anybody wants some deliverance? Anybody want to see some heaven? Well, then give God the glory for giving Jesus the honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when I was called and I sat in a pew, it was much like this in Indiana. And when, I, when I was called, I sat there and I thought, Papua New Guinea, Lord, you're calling me to Africa? What in the world? I'm afraid of my own shadow. Do you know who I am? There went that K-N-O-W again, that no. And you know, he said, yeah, I know exactly who you are. I didn't know what the future looked like. Man, have I been persecuted? Have I been, have I been beat up? My own family's put me down. They, they they will persecute you, they will crucify you, but you know what? I remember that, that night so so like it was just yesterday, and I'm fifty two, I was fifteen. I moved out of there. He said, Listen, whoever's in this room, are you surrendered? Are you sold out? Do you know the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Have you submitted your life to him? And I'm sitting there as a fifteen year old thinking to myself, No. And then the Holy Spirit, remember, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit started working on my life, and He said, get up and get moving. So I got up and I moved. Listen, world, I didn't say I was the perfect preacher. I mean, come on. Joel Steen don't have anything on... on, What what do we got here today? 15,000? Okay. 42,000. Listen, God will use you in your circle of preference In your family, in your workplace, in your church, no matter where it's at. But are you sold out? Are you separated? Are you sanctified? Are you submitted? Are you sold out to him? And when he said, get to that altar and pray, I got down here. I got on my knees and I prayed and I said, God, here I am, use me. I didn't know what the future held, but I I know this. I know he held the future. And I'm glad that I can look to my past and understand what true submission's about. I understand the power of Jesus Christ. I understand that when I've walked into a house of a demonic child, of a demonic woman, or a demonic man, I know that before I get there, and I, my wife knows this, that I will be prayed up, fasted up, sanctified, confessed up, and say, God, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Because I'm telling you right now, I am not walking in that house in Todd's power. I'm going to walk in there in Jesus' power. Will you accept that today will you receive that today only Jesus Christ has the power to deliver and to save let's rise to our feet as we pray father we thank you that today we have power in your name father we thank you that today there are many that are here today that we understand that the power comes from the person father we love you and we thank you that you went to the cross and lord we we uh, we know what it must have been like for you when you cried out my God my God why have you forsaken me But all through scriptures, Lord, your Abba Father, your Daddy, you're the one that we can come to. God, so we come before you today understanding our role. Lord, we've allowed so much uh, distraction, so much static in our life. Lord, we've allowed Satan, the enemy, the strongholds of this world to keep us from being effective for you. God, we're not too old. I hear people say all the time, Lord, well, I taught for 30 years, or I, I served for 30 years. And I think to myself, God, help me to never retire from my calling. Even if I have to, if you lay on my heart and I, I resign from the pulpit, know my role is to still to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to help, to serve to be an armor bearer to another great man of God that, Lord, you've, you've placed in my life. Father, I'm sorry. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me when, when I've allowed my flesh to manifest uh, rotten fruit. But, God, help me. Don't give me strength and deliver me. In the power of Jesus' name. Lord, for many of us in this room, we've been dealing with What does surrender look like? There's somebody in this room, Father, I don't always pray, but I think you're dealing with their heart like you did when I was 15, where they need to surrender and they need to teach or they need to preach or they need to serve. And, Father, they just haven't been submitted and and sold out for you. God, maybe somebody even today stayed home and maybe they're even watching and You know, it's too hard for them to give up on their addiction. It's too hard for them to to say, God, I just can't do it. Well, they can't do it because they're trying to do it in their own power. But, Father, I declare right now in the name of Jesus, deliverance is coming. Because your word is true. And your word is powerful. God, thank you. Thank you for this congregation. Father, thank you that I stand behind this pulpit be able to say lord i've seen you do things and miracles that lord otherwise would never have taken place if it hadn't been for you so father right now you place kyle on my heart i know he's back home from his appendicitis but i uplift kyle today father i pray for quick healing i thank you that you gave him another chance to proclaim your gospel can't wait to hear what he has to say about the gospel of His good news and what you're doing in His life. So, Father, today we we cry out to You, Abba, Father. We come to You, surrendered. Help us to lay our finances down, to lay our will down, to lay our flesh down, to lay our pride down. God, help us to submit to Your Lordship. We ask this in the mighty, powerful, Name of Jesus Christ. Amen.